0: Conspiracy show with Richard Seron. Well, thanks for inviting me into your home, your long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. A special hello to all of you checking us out on one of our affiliates, the podcast, of course, TalkZone.com. Don't forget good old TalkZone.com. Sometimes we have trouble with iTunes. and I'm not sure why, but It's always your first choice to go to uh, TalkZone.com. Those of you, of course, who take the show with you on your mobile device with the fabulous Conspiracy Show app, free download and available for your iPhone and Android device. Those of you who are uh, catching us on the live YouTube stream tonight and every week, almost without exception, and, of course, all my good friends in the live chat uh, who join us every week faithfully. You're always there. However and wherever you're listening, I bid thee, the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Uh, Albert is uh, Albert Vinzel is here, our uh, occasional remote viewer and uh, story producer. Uh, Ian Robertson, I'll get that right this time. <laughs> Ian Robertson is uh, with us. Let me uh, just go around the table before we uh, open up the phone lines. Uh, Ian Robertson, my fine rockabilly friend, yeah. uh, any gigs coming up in the Toronto? Not in the Toronto
1: area. I'm playing uh, Elora.
0: Alora Gorge yeah. beautiful Gorge
1: yeah I hope to jump in there and uh, yeah not get eaten alive but yeah
0: all right and when will you when will you be playing Alora? I believe
1: that's June uh, 17th
0: June 17th at Alora Gorge yeah check, it, check out greasemarks.com you'll find it greasemarks.com yeah excellent thank you all right and uh, Albert anything going on?
2: Well, we had the pleasure of going to dinner with uh, our Gary Patterson after that live event. And he's, Back those in are, October, yes. Those are big shoes to fill. We're gonna, <laughs> it's going to be impossible to replace him. He had, he had many more stories off off the stage than he did on the stage. And well,
0: yeah, thank you for that. It's true. Uh, he was mesmerizing. I could. Uh, he was one of those guys. That's why we, we talked so often and uh, on the phone as well. And not only about our project, but just, you know, we would. Talk about hey, did you check out the latest uh, album by so and so? And you know, he'd have a backstory on it. And just what a wonderful guy to hang out with. And uh, like I said, I'm going to miss him, uh, Ryan White. Now, you, my friend, are kind of a YouTuber in your not a YouTuber. What you? You're a gamer.
3: Well, and and a YouTuber a little bit. I've got some uh, new videos on my channel. Uh, some of you guys are already on YouTube. My username is just R White Goose and one of my recent videos kind of fits the topic of this show a little bit All right. it's about mysterious things that happened in a certain video game a classic game uh, goldeneye 007 so you'll be able to find that if you uh, if you go to my channel as well r white goose.
0: goose and then you do you do live gaming you stream where how does that work
3: well i do live uh, gaming streaming on twitchtv
0: Goose twitch.tv slash rwhitegoose alright 416-360-0740 and toll free 1-866-740-4740 let me give you those numbers again in the greater Toronto area 416-360-0740 and toll free 1-866-740-4740 open lines now until the bottom of the hour coming up in, in the next half hour producer Barry Katz uh, we'll talk about a, uh, a brand new documentary called I Killed JFK, uh, just in time for the, uh, can you believe this? The 100th anniversary of John Fitzgerald Kennedy's birth in Brookline, Massachusetts, back in 1917. And uh, that, the actual date is May 29th, which um, is tomorrow. It's, no, it's right now, right? We're now, this is the 100th birthday. Um, but the um, this will be a special screening event for this documentary it 's in a limited number of theaters starting wednesday may thirty first Barry Katz will tell us more coming up All right, open lines and uh, let 's see uh, let us begin with uh, Earl is in Oakville. Earl wants to talk about the Beatles. Hello, Earl. Uh,
4: yes, uh, before I get to my question, yes. uh, Richard, I had a, a hairdressing teacher by the name of Mrs. Patterson back in the 80s in Burlington. Did he have a sister that taught hairdressing? Oh,
0: Patterson is such a common name. I, yeah. I can't begin to tell you. No, he did okay. not. Okay, my know.
4: question is about George Harrison. I believe he was cremated, and did they spread his ashes on the Ganges River?
0: That's my recollection. Yes, he died in Los oh. Angeles, and then they spread his ashes in the Ganges River because he oh, was what
4: a shame. A, he, I was thinking of making a pilgrimage to England and visiting, visiting his grave site, but I guess he doesn't have one, huh?
0: No, he is uh, he's out there in the ether now, which is exactly the way he would have wanted well, it. Well, he was, devout, was he was a devout. He was was he a Buddhist Hindu. or a Hindu? I, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, he was cremated. Well,
4: my favorite song of his was uh, "Something in the Way She Moves" that tracks her like no other lover.
0: There you go. Thank you, Earl. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yes, something. It's a you know even Frank Sinatra covered that. It's uh, it's one of those uh, great tracks. All right, Phil is in Scarborough. Hello, Phil. Welcome. Are you there, Phil? Yes, I'm here. Hello. Hey, you're on. Go ahead, sir.
5: Yeah. Hi, Richard. I'd like to talk about an unsolved murder, which I believe was murdered, and it hasn't been investigated the way how it has been, like with the assassination of John Lennon and and JFK and all that. And what I'm talking about is the murder of what I believe is murder of uh, Bruce Lee and his son, Brandon Lee.
0: Ah, now, Bruce Lee, that was like 1973. I barely remember that. Yes. I was about nine years old. Yes. Just after, was the last one he made was uh, Enter the Dragon, I believe, yes, with absolutely. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And that yes. came out, I think, after his death. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, young guy, 33. Did he take some, some uh, medication or well, something?
5: he was given some medication because they said he was complaining of headaches. Yes. And a, and a friend gave him an antidote where they took him back home and a female was looking after him and gave him the antidote, okay, and they say that that's what he died from and was too many blows to the head. Well, I don't believe that for one second because when you look at the death of his son, Brandon, the way how he was shot with blank bullets, and I think about the fact that Bruce Lee, when you watch uh, the movie, the Bruce Lee story, okay, where it talks about him and him and his life, it was shown in the film that the Chinese forbid him to teach karate to any other cultures or any other race. And I find it very hard to believe that even though you could die from blows to the head and medication, I seriously believe like his son, he was murdered. And I feel that there should be uh, an investigation about this. The same thing with the death of Bobby Fuller and the Fuller Four.
0: Oh, there's another one, that, uh, Gary and uh, Gary. I wish he were here. He could tell you yep, about yep, uh, Gary Fuller.
5: Exactly. Well,
0: there I, was a number of the, that that label that Fuller um, performed on, and I can't think of the name of the label now. Yes. There, all the artists on there. The, yeah. Sam Cooke at one time was part of that uh, that stable yeah. uh, of performers. Um, I'm not I think... Before he went to uh, Stax, I'm not yes. sure, but I think Otis Redding may have been yes. on that label. Yes. It's very I, interesting. All, I had, insu- all had insurance policies. Yeah. I,
5: I really feel that there should be, because I really believe that he was murdered. I do not buy into this conception that he died because of too many blows to the head, mm. or the antidote, and the way how his son was murdered. Yeah. I believe the same thing was about his father, and I feel... There should be an autopsy, and more should be investigated into it, like the death of JFK and John Lennon. And I don't feel anything is is, is being done. They're just keeping, like, hush-hush about it, thinking, no, no, he died because of too many blows to the head. I don't buy that for one second at all. Right. I believe he was murdered. Well,
0: there, yeah, they, there was, I know, I remember there was some scuttlebutt about, you know, the triads were involved in his yeah. murder and so forth. Yeah. Um yeah, well, you know what? Somebody, I'm sure, has looked into this, investigated, maybe put out a book. If you yes. come across any title, yes. uh, we can maybe track the uh, the expert down and we'll do a show. I, I mean, yeah, I th- yeah. why not?
5: That'd be great if you could, because, I mean, I really love Bruce Lee. Like, I love John Lennon and Jimi Hendrix. And I feel that a lot of times this hasn't been investigated to the fullest. Like it has with John Leonard. all
0: it. I You're feel, right. You're I, right. Okay. I feel
5: more should be done about Bruce Lee.
0: When is the anniversary of um, of uh, his his death? Let me see here. Uh, no, July. It's yeah. coming up. So we should make Albert. Why don't we see? We have some openings in July. Let's poke around and see if we can uh, we can find uh, someone to talk about uh, Bruce Lee. Yeah,
5: because he was a very gentle person. He meant a lot. I got Bruce Lee t shirt. I have DVDs of him. I mean, I think he was just a perfect person who was a wonderful human being who was willing to teach anybody who wanted to learn karate. He was not a person you would want to mess with, but I think he was a really good person, and I miss him very much deeply.
0: Phil, thank you so much for that. Great suggestion. Bruce Lee's death. We'll look into that. I can't promise, but but, uh, thank you. My pleasure. All right, uh, our media scientist and our uh, panelist coming up next week, along with. World Affairs Brief, uh, publisher editor Joel Skousen joins us. Nelson Fall, how are you, my friend?
1: Uh, welcome, Richard. As your onboard uh, researcher and archivist, uh, I just wanted to just uh, point out that you have recently, not recently, you previously reported, uh, this has to do with the Seth Rich, Rich uh, subject. Right. You recently reported that a friend and guest of yours, Eugene Malov, was yes. murdered. And covered up by a convenience store robbery. I was Let's a home invasion. Forget that. Yeah, it
0: was a home invasion. I remember that. Um, I I'm, I'm trying to figure. I may have been one of the last. I didn't speak to Eugene Malov. I booked him on. I was a producer at the time, and I booked him on a show. Uh, he was um, talking about uh, you know free energy and hydrogen and alternative energy. That was Eugene Malov's beat, and uh, he was a great proponent of cold fusion. And he published an article in his magazine. Claiming that uh, the cold fusion experiment—remember the, the Pons Fleischmann experiment—had been reproduced and had been sort of quashed, uh, right. and um, and well, I remember—I remember
1: you indirectly I- did it. You indirectly did it in that I had him on uh, Cloak and Dagger,
0: right? That's right. And I also had him on a—it um, um, was a mid-afternoon show up the street at another radio station. Was up the street yes. at the time. But but uh, and then I think it was within a month or two weeks. Uh, yep. he was murdered and it was a it was reported it was a, a, a home invasion, which is you know, you And nothing was
1: stolen and he was shot.
0: There you go. So you're seeing so obvious you parallels with, with Seth Rich. You're seeing some parallels with Seth Rich.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh totally. The law of averages is uh, definitely with L I mean, um <laughs> you know, I mean he's gla- uh, free speech is glass ceilings.
0: Yeah. Uh to me, again, you can't definitely draw a straight line between, you know, the, 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 uh, the DNC or the Clintons and his, and his death. However, it's not being investigated the way a typical murder is. They didn't interview his colleagues at the DNC. They didn't and they're
1: treating it and the way they're covering it up. It's very, very the same
0: modus operandi. I tell you, it's the, uh, it's the third rail. I mean, if you talk about it, uh, banned from Twitter. I mean, how strange is that? Nelson, we'll talk to you next week on the panel. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, bye, Rich. Open Lines continue.
4: The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can
0: play The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, welcome back to our Open Lines segment. And uh, we will continue with Open Lines till the bottom of the hour. Coming up after that and for the final half hour, producer Barry Katz. This guy has a long list of uh, accomplishments and has worked with some real heavyweights. And now he's tackling... Uh, The JFK assassination, and um, this one uh, is just in time for the 100th anniversary of John Fitzgerald Kennedy's birth, born this date in 1917 in Brookline, Massachusetts. And uh, Barry will be here to talk about the documentary I Killed JFK, which is uh, basically the confession uh, from a man who who insists he was the guy in the grassy knoll who fired the fatal headshot that felled the 35th president. All right, uh, let's see. Um, is it Dana or Diana? Dana is in Scarborough. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Hello? Is it Dana? Not sure if it's Dana oh. or... Who is this? Is that Dana or Dinah?
2: It's
0: Dana. Dana. Hi, Dana.
2: Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to say that um, I follow you on Twitter, and um, I listen to. I look forward to your program every Sunday. Thank you. And I feel that you are only one of a few people that actually um, tell the truth, and I and I really share your um, conservative and uh, political views. And sorry, I'm a bit nervous,
0: but that's all right.
2: um, I wanted to just, I guess, rhetorically ask this, and you might not have the answer, but. How is the mainstream media getting away with spreading so much inf- misinformation um, and what are they benefiting how are they benefiting from lying?
0: Well, um, you have a, a corporate um, media now you look at at, at how um, journalists uh, reporters people that work for, in the mainstream media I, one of the things that happens is people that have more of a liberal bent tend to gravitate towards certain career paths and journalism happens to be one of them. Now what happened is uh, a number of years ago a lot of news organizations the bottom fell out of their business model and newspapers lost their their circulation. Right. Radio stations lost their listenership, TVs, networks, you know, are getting blindsided by YouTubers. I blame Ryan over here. No. Um, but I mean that's and that's why they're trying to shut down YouTubers is because they're stealing their they're eating their lunch. That's true. They are eating their lunch. So what happens is they go down market and now they start firing a lot of seasoned veterans um who actually, you know, they went to J school and they 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 took that role of the Fourth Estate seriously to be uh to be disinterested reporters. Disinterested, not in, not interested, disinterested in meaning not biased, not taking a position. They were replaced by a bunch of 20 somethings that, that are essentially, um, sociology majors who come into this field thinking they're going to change the world. They are activists. That's not the role of a journalist to be an activist, but they're activists and they're left leaning. Nearly all of them. Uh, and so, they i think uh, you know a lot of the a lot of them on the front lines are not necessarily malicious or connected to some sort of deep state they 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 sincerely believe because quite frankly a lot of them are just dumb uh-huh. i'm sorry to say it they just they're dumb they don't they they, they don't read they don't know their history they're not qualified to cover a house fire i'm sorry for saying that but it's the truth and so they they uh because they're they you know, they consider themselves social justice warriors, along comes Trump and who wants to build a wall, who wants to cut programs, and listen, you know, he's getting blowback because he wants to cut eight hundred billion out of Medicare. There are one hundred trillion dollars in arrears in Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. One hundred trillion. He wants to cut eight hundred billion. He's not even cutting it. He is slowing the rate of growth. All right. He came to Washington as the, the great disruptor, and a lot of people voted for him. Uh, and now we have the deep state that are lined up against him because he is the disruptor, and he's looking to, to change the game. And a lot of people have benefited from the way the game is played, including a lot of corporate media owners and their and their and their lunch, their lackeys in the, House, in the House of Representatives and the Senators. So I mean that's. In a, it's kind of in a nutshell, I think, what's going on. Now, I, I mean, I can't apologize for everything that comes out of Trump's mouth. He can be a buffoon. But I believe he is our last best hope to stick it to the globalists who are, by and large, an odious, insidious lot. Uh, and the people that are marching out in the street with those ridiculous pink things on their heads, I don't, I'm not going to say the word, they, um, they think they're the revolution. They're not. They're the status quo. They're propping up the status quo. They ain't the revolution.
2: Yes, I agree with you. And actually, I'm a university student, and I I notice the definite um, liberal bias that's in universities as well. That's just, it's
0: crazy what's going on university campuses.
2: But I'm also an older student. Right. Right. So I can kind of see through that. But I have noticed that the younger generation isn't buying it anymore. A lot of the 20-somethings are conservative, leaning.
0: I hope they're seeing through this. Yeah, I mean, I think conservatism is, is kind of like the new punk rock. It's you know it's, it's
2: a new counterculture.
0: Yes, all yeah, says. absolutely. And what's going on in university campuses? Uh, it's it's kind of crazy up here in Canada, but what's going down on down in the United States, where they're holding these these days, where they're telling white students you have to leave the campus for a day, and there was a college professor who stood up yeah. and said, "No, this isn't right." They demanded his resignation. There are mobs. Running loose on college campuses in the United States. The, the administration is in fear. They cave into their ridiculous demands. The lunatics are running the asylum.
2: Can I ask a quick personal question, yes. Richard, regarding this? Um, have you had any type of, uh, threats or any type of negative, um, not negative comments, but any type of pushback for telling the truth? or having certain well, guests on first
0: of all let me you know I, I appreciate your kind kind words and I, I don't claim to you know to have uh, cornered the market on the truth I'm just scrambling around in the dark like everybody else and I do bring on some people that have some pretty controversial views you know one of the things I, I, where I draw the line is obviously is that hate um, i don't I will not allow that to, to get out over the airwaves or I do my darnest to prevent it. Um, but in terms of blowback, no. I mean, this is al- always a great disappointment. You know, I was fired at another radio station on Inauguration Day back in 2009, and, and, um, uh, 2000, January two thousand and nine the day that uh, President Obama was inaugurated and oh. the, the, the show pre, the, previous to that the Sunday night previous to that, I did a show on you know the, the, the whole birth certificate uh, controversy and oh, a lot of yeah. and there was a protest outside the radio station in sub zero weather at lunchtime, hundreds of people and they they genuinely believed it was because I did that that show. And uh, it turns out, I mean, it probably wasn't true. It I probably didn't do me any favors doing that show. But the real reason was, it was you know just typical. One company swallows up another. They're over leveraged, and they gotta clean up the bottom line and lay a bunch of people off. I went out the door with about 20 other people across, you know, the the radio uh, group in in Canada that day. Uh, so I, I've never had someone, you know, like Ned Beatty in a boardroom, stare me in the face and say, "You have meddled with the primal forces of nature." That's never happened. But what you get is derision and, and mocking yes. from your colleagues,
2: yeah.
0: uh, which I don't mind. You know, they can mock all they want. Uh, I had a, a, it was a morning show guy at another radio station who couldn't stand the fact that um, my listeners the night before would call him and challenge him on global warming. And then he'd pass me in the hall and, uh, and mutter something about, well, there is no debate. They, your listeners want me to debate you, but there is no debate. I said, that's fine, but any time you're ready, I'm willing to go. And so
2: guess,
0: that's what you get.
2: I guess the majority of um, the protesters and um, uh, the sheeple or whatever they, the, the terminology, um, the people that just don't question things, are that they are afraid of the pushback. So I guess that's why the majority of people just kind of go with the status quo.
0: It's a strange world when when you try and, and speak the truth or you try and state something that should be pretty commonsensical and obvious and you get shouted down. Uh, suddenly we're in a world where facts are racist or uh, facts are... Um, you know, misogynist or facts are this our facts are that. You know, there's an old uh, joke that says, you know, um, uh, what is a racist? It's someone who's winning an argument with a liberal.
2: Yes.
0: Now, you know, racism is, is a scourge and it exists. Uh, but when that term gets bandied about simply because you want to state something that is pretty self-evident, but you're not supposed to say it because it's politically incorrect – uh, then that, mean, that word means, is if, if, if everything is racist, then nothing is racist, and that's unfortunate because racism is real, uh, but we're not calling it out. Uh, everything else over here is racist. Uh, you know, um, the, the feminist movement, for example. In, you know, why are they not looking to their sisters overseas who are being stoned to death because they they claim that they were raped? uh you know what, what that's you know the the fight that they should be fighting um instead uh it's you know misogyny is everywhere else here in the west and and we're you know they're being oppressed and and so forth there are some serious issues here of course obviously you know spousal abuse and domestic violence and that scourge uh, but i don't hear feminists for example defending their poor sisters you know over in the developing world uh, who are really up against it? I mean, that to me is where that that front should be fought. Anyway, uh, I
2: agree. And thanks for thanks for um, talking with me for so long. I've, I've been wanting to call for a while, but um, I didn't think I'd ever get through. But um, it's such a, I mean, such a vast um, topic that. I'll probably call back
0: again. And I, I appreciate it, Dana. You you open up the taps, and, uh, yeah, I I guess <laughs> I've been holding that in too long, and I appreciate you sort of stoking the flames there. Thank you, Dana. Good to hear from you. Take care. All right. Uh, let's see. Who do we have? Uh, it's William here in Toronto. William, welcome to the Conspiracy Show.
4: Uh, hello, uh, Richard. Hi there. Uh I came across a, a video entitled Ashley Smith on YouTube. It's a CBC Fifth Estate documentary. It's very well done, but I, I don't think they solved anything. They, they just kind of exposed it. I, I I'd like to see in a, the investigation reopened. This was
0: a poor, uh, this poor troubled girl who. who supposedly strangled herself to death
4: so, suppose, at the grand
0: valley institute uh, for women yeah
4: yeah so 10 years ago uh, she she by the sea looks of it she should have never been there because she was not assessed for uh anything say she uh, says she had a mental disorder mental illness or whatever it says there and um i haven't seen the video in a while um now and um uh it, it seems to me that uh, they're just going through the motions to cover uh something up and, and the interviews that they did with the doctors are are, are telling you nothing like it's just once again, it seems that people are going through the motions so they can collect their paycheck at the end of the month. And
0: tragically, that does happen. I don't know the particulars of, of that case, the Ashley Smith case, other than what I you know I, I told you and I remember this is going back ten years. I think that happened back in two thousand and seven. Tragic case, a young yeah. life of that like that. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, not necessarily in this case. Obviously, that happens. People cover for each other. And uh, not just in you know within the government agencies and institutions in in all walks of life yeah.
4: no but but that one is very obvious, and it should be opened reopened and I say this because uh, of what 's been taking place with me uh, uh, i 've been putting i choose my co- my comments, my comments are controversial on these topics, and I choose where I put them in the Um, You know, I I think I'm being targeted, and I'm just a nobody, (laughs) and I don't know why uh, I would do this. Uh, I'll tell you this very briefly about me. Um, I was sentenced to prison for 60 days for emailing Bible scriptures to a police officer.
0: Are you serious?
4: Yes, uh, sir. I can show you all the documentation.
0: Did you serve 60 days?
4: Yes, sir, I did.
0: For, for emailing, what do they call it, harassment? Or what do they call it?
4: Yeah, they call it harassment and uttering death threats for sent, for sending Bible scriptures um, uh, to, to a police officer, trying to get my point across uh, uh, about uh, surveillance and, and things. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they just uh, uh, choose uh, to manipulate things. And he said he fears for his life, and uh, which is nonsense because... Um, uh, I heard an interview by uh, Ian Scott, former SIU director uh, that overlooks police uh, matters and he states um, outright that uh, I've probably heard it on uh, on Zuma radio that uh, um, uh, police officers do this all the time, use that, though, we fear for our life. Did
0: you have a defense? Did you mount a defense?
4: Oh, I, I'm trying to do that. Uh, I'm trying my best to do this. I have to... Um, uh, deal with uh, legal aid lawyers, and uh, they're just a part of the system, and they want to collect their uh, paycheck at the end of the week. As William,
0: well. I'm I'm sorry to, to to hear that. I know I b- I believe you did call in, um, yeah, last
4: yeah, week, yeah, the week yeah. before,
0: talking about targeted individuals. I'll tell you a quick story, uh, William, yes, and I thank you for the call. Uh, as we left last week, there was a young gentleman uh, standing outside the studio door. I won't give you his last name. It's just Richard, okay, uh, a, a young uh, African uh, a Canadian gentleman and um was waiting for me now listen i i um I'm not um you know opposed to meeting with with listeners, but you know I, you take precautions there's someone waiting other I didn't know who he was, so I asked Ryan to accompany me and we, we stood out the door and we listened to this man's story, and he believes he is being targeted uh organized gang stalking people breaking into his his place surveilling him uh being being targeted with some sort of maybe a directed weapon. And, you know, when I listen to these people, and Richard was no exception, lucid, rational. Ryan, you were there with me. Would you not agree that Richard, you know, was a, was a rational, level-headed individual? I, I mean, he presented well. Very, very much so. I didn't seem intoxicated
3: or or strange or incoherent at all.
0: No, absolutely not. And I listen, you know, sometimes... Uh, people with an underlying uh, mental condition. I'm not a you know I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a doctor, but you know sometimes if for example a person has schizophrenia they may occasionally um, speak in a kind of a word salad or if they are if they have sort of delusions you know you might be able to pick up on that as an amateur nothing. Not saying that that doesn't exist, but so we're going to, Albert, we're going to put together a special show on um, July 16th. July 16th. The whole show will be about targeted individuals, electronic harassment, and so forth.
3: The path, the path stabber, too, that
2: woman with the MBA is totally out of character. And she tried that for her defense. She's saying All right, got
0: to go. William, will be, uh, thank you for the call. We'll be back. Barry Katz, I Kill JFK.
4: In a democracy, we elect officials so we can sleep at night. So why are you up? 416-360-0740 or toll free at
0: 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Just a programming note coming up next week. Our uh, panel will feature media scientist Nelson Fall and the founder, publisher, editor of World Affairs Brief, Joel Skousen. And uh, later we'll uh, speak with... Uh, Dr. Stephen Greer, obviously one of the, uh, the heavy hitters in the UFO disclosure movement, and he'll be part of the uh, Alien Cosmic Expo coming up here in Toronto, June 23rd to the 25th. There's a brand new documentary uh, about to release, which focuses on the world's greatest unsolved murder case, entitled, I Killed JFK, and the film features two interviews with the only living person to have ever confessed to killing President John F. Kennedy From the now infamous grassy knoll in Dallas, Texas, I Kill JFK will screen for one night only in over 300 movie theaters across uh, the United States on Wednesday, May the 31st, uh, which of course is coinciding with uh, the 100th anniversary of John F. Kennedy's birth, which is actually today. Uh, all sorts of 100th anniversary things going on this year. There's a mock trial happening in October at the uh, at the law school in Houston. Um, the final information do- no, that's in November. The final sort of release of uh, JFK assassination records will be released in uh, in October, and then of course we have this documentary. Uh, I Killed JFK, and uh, the producer is with us. Barry Katz is an iconic manager, film, TV producer, who is universally known for launching the careers of Dave Chappelle, uh, Dane Cook, Tracy Morgan, Bill Burr, Whitney Cummings, Bill Bellamy, Louis C.K., to name a few. He helmed two separate top Five Billboard Gold, Platinum, and Double Platinum records. In addition to, in addition to executive producing over 400 hours of TV comedy specials, sitcoms, reality shows, documentaries on the big screen, he's produced movies with Kate Hudson, Alec Baldwin, uh, Jessica Alba, Dane Cook. Uh, his most recent film release was *Misery Loves Comedy*, an inside look at the dark side of stand-up, starring Tom Hanks, Larry David, and Amy Schumer. His latest project is *I Killed JFK*. Barry Katz, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. How are you?
3: God, after that intro, I feel fantastic.
0: <laughs> You're a busy man. So this is. I,
3: wa- I want to be busy.
0: Well, that's what keeps us going. Uh, now. It seems like, on the surface, to the uninitiated like myself, like kind of a strange departure, particularly your know, background in comedy, to be tackling the JFK assassination, as you say, the greatest unsolved murder perhaps of all time. What led you into this project, Barry?
3: You know, it's, it's when you're a producer and you do television and film and you've been doing it for a long time, people just call you and they say, well, I want you to meet this person. Would you like to hear this pitch? And... You know, you're curious when somebody who's reputable calls you in. So I got a call. The person said, listen, somebody's going to come to see it. It's a great idea. Uh, they're going to show you something on their computer. They're not going to look at you. They're not going to talk to you. You're going to see the footage. Then they're going to leave. And this person came true to form, didn't really talk to me. And I saw this incredible raw footage of interviews and all sorts of rare things that I'd never seen before, of uh, people around the JFK assassination who were involved, many of whom died mysteriously, some who were still alive. And it just brought back memories because when I was a kid, I remember being in the kitchen and you know how you see somebody crying from behind, their shoulders are shaking, and my mom was crying at the kitchen sink watching this little black and white television. With the Kennedy funeral on it. And ever since that time, I'm, you know, I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not waking up every day saying conspiracy, 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 but I've always wanted to know what the truth was. And ever since I was able to see the Sepruder film, that famous 26 second film of the assassination, it was clear to me that there was something off. I mean, the Warren Commission had, you know, come out with a 700 or 800-page report saying that there was one shooter from the back. And then you look at the videotape, and obviously that's not the case. And so the departure came because I just, in essence, I love stories. Great stories are what makes things special. You know, movies, television, music, podcasting, radio. If you're a guy on a date tonight and you don't have a great story, you're not going to have a great time. So I love these stories of these people. They were fascinating. These people were hurt. They were in pain. They wanted to know the truth, and they wanted the truth to be heard. And I just saw it as an opportunity to be able to put something together that could show the public something that they hadn't seen before that would open their eyes to what actually happened that day and how it was covered
0: up. Uh, Barry Katz is with us, a producer of I Killed JFK. Again, it's going to screen for one night only in 300 movie theaters across the United States, Wednesday, May 31st. And, of course, this coincides with uh, John F. Kennedy's 100th birthday, which is today, actually. Uh, The theater locations you can view... Uh, you can visit, rather, for, if you want to get the theater locations to see if it's one of the 300 movie theaters, go to ikilledjfk.com. ikilledjfk.com. Barry, stay with us. We'll come back and we'll delve further into the confessions of this grassy knoll gunman. Stay with us here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Poking Holes in the Darkness The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarratt. And we are back with producer Barry Katz, I Killed JFK, if you want to see where it's going to screen on May 31st. And again, it's very exclusive. Only 300 movie theaters across the United States www.ikilledjfk.com And now we're not going to name this uh, person because you know a lot of time and effort and money has gone into making this documentary. So get out and see it. So we're not going to we're not going to give away the ending. But uh, Barry, obviously, what turned your attention to this project was when you saw this footage. I'm assuming that was the the confession on c- caught on tape from this uh, this gentleman. So give us can you give us some insight, some clue as to you know to what he was saying and, and who he is.
3: Absolutely. It's an amazing story, but before I tell you that, I want to share something with you that's kind of interesting. Please do. I, not only are you going to see the documentary when you go on Wednesday, but I found five of the last remaining living experts on JFK assassination. And this month, I did a Skype panel with all of them. They're all in their 70s and 80s. And I edited that all together, and that's going to be after the film. So there's going to be a panel discussion with these people who've been living their whole lives with this, many of them who aren't even in the film, and giving their opinions on the film and what they found throughout their investigations and their lives. One of the people I interviewed, Jim Morris, who actually interviewed this a uh, guy who admitted to uh, killing JFK.
0: Right. Jim's a good and friend saw, of the program. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Good. Well done. That's a nice added value for people to go see this film.
3: Absolutely. And his name is uh, Jim Morris, and he said something really profound. He said, this is a great film. Uh, obviously, tremendous amount of evidence to support this guy pulled the trigger. But really, he said, what difference does it make? He said, any lone nut... And kill anybody in this world what i love about this film is what you look at is who had the power to cover it up for 53 years and i thought that was kind of fascinating and so when it comes to this person who we're talking about they were a runner for the mob in Chicago. And there were originally two shooters who were supposed to kill Kennedy. Who And Kennedy had enemies with the Chicago mob because his father made a deal with Sam Giacana in Chicago to help his son win Illinois that would help him win the election, which they did. And then after that, what happened was he hired his brother, Robert, to be the attorney general, and then Robert went after the mob in Chicago.
0: Yeah, a colossal betrayal as far as Giancana was concerned.
3: Yeah, so that so there were two men there to be a shooter shooters that day, Chuck Nicoletti and Johnny Roselli.
0: One of them and, was on the Daltech Tech building across the street from the book depository from my understanding.
3: That is correct. And so the night before this person and those two guys They met Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby passed an envelope across the table, and the envelope was the new directions for the motorcade route in Dealey Plaza. Jack Ruby, of course, the guy who killed Oswald two days later in the police station. And then the next morning, this guy goes to meet Roselli and Nicoletti, And only Nicoletti's there. And he says, where's Johnny? He says, well, the CIA has called off the hits, and he doesn't want to be there shooting. And the guy said, well, why are you here? He said, hey, screw it. I'm here to do a job. I'm going to do it. Do you want to be backup for me? I'm going to be in the Dow Tech building, not the sixth floor of the book depository, the Dow Tech building. And they walk around, and they go behind the grassy knoll. And he said, this is the perfect place. And Nicoletti said to him, I don't understand. There's a street sign here There's an obstruction. You're only going to get one shot. He said, all I need is one shot. I'm just here to back you up. If you don't get a head shot, I'm here to back you up. And so that's how it all went down. And when you freeze frame the Zabruder film, even if you're sitting at home right now, you go on YouTube and you go frame by frame, you're going to see when Kennedy comes by the street sign. Beforehand, he's smiling. When he comes out, he's been hit in the back. It went through his throat. You can tell because his hands go up to his throat, and any doctor will tell you that if you're hit in the back by the spine, your hands go up to your throat, or if you're choking, your hands go up to your throat.
0: Right, and that's about the time we see Connolly, Governor Connolly, turn.
3: That's right. And so... When you look at it and you freeze frame it frame by frame, you see Kennedy getting hit at the top of the head. There's a spray off the top of his head, and his head goes forward like any physics professor would tell you. You hit something from behind, the head goes forward, and then a split second later, he's hit from the front, and his head gets blown
0: back yeah the only people that don 't see that for what it was 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 Dan rather uh, you know who was called upon to to comment on the Zapruder film he at the time just kind of a a low level reporter in local reporter in Dallas he and he's you can hear him saying while the head is going forward he 's saying the head is going backwards uh, and what did Dan Rather get for that uh, bingo the column to, to the show. I don't know.
3: Well, a lot of people don't realize this, and this is the thing that I think your audience is so fascinated about when they, when they see it on the 31st, if they go, and I hope they do go. If this happened today, Oswald would never be convicted. He would never be brought in. There would no be no Warren Commission because there's YouTube and there's a million different news outlets that would be showing the video nonstop over and over and over again but back then the subruder film was sequestered by the government and nobody saw it so that's why the warren commission could do all these things and say that there was a shooter from the back and one bullet and and all these kinds of things because there was no evidence available to the general public.
0: What did Twain say? A truth is easily killed, but a lie told well is immortal. Uh, Barry Katz is with us. I Killed JFK will screen for one night only in 300 movie theaters across the country Wednesday, May 31st, and uh, you can visit www.ikilledjfk.com. So, Barry, how do we know that this man who confessed to being the grassy knoll gunman is, is on the up and up. What did he say, or what does he know that's, that, that's so compelling?
3: Well, first of all, this is what is compelling. If one person tells you something, you know, you're like, eh, you know, well, that could have happened, but maybe not. They're just telling a story. Two people, maybe you're like, ah, I don't know, three people. But when 20 different people' stories are intersecting, and they're giving you evidence around this guy and what happened and telling their story and how it intersects. Then you're kind of like, okay. And when you when I interviewed these people after the screening, which you're going to see, you know, I interviewed like Gordon Ferry, who's like was a national security advisor to five presidents. Okay. These aren't people in the back of a dumpster with a needle in their arm. These are reputable people. Who are educated and have been a part of the system, and they don't really know each other that well. But the stories intersect. So when you hear that, it becomes very believable, and then the guy who confesses his story and the points that he makes all throughout are just, they're just undeniable, and they all come together. Another thing is he had the signature thing when he killed somebody. He would bite down on the shell casing and leave it wherever he did it. And they found a shell casing with bite marks in it. But they don't tell you about these things. Uh-huh. But I think the most telling thing that I want to share with you, which is uh, which really, it's bone crushing to me. And I, I, I even hesitate sharing with your audience. But this guy, Gordon Ferry, this guy was like a, you know, this guy's whole life has been in government. This is a guy who who told it like it was, like you couldn't believe it. Like he said things to me, like that were shocking, that were they kind of were hurtful. Like he said, uh, he said things like, um, "I don't want to tell you what he said." He said, "He said the Eisenhower's were such nice people, and then the Kennedys came in and they were like plastic people." You know, they were like just like images, like models. Hmm. It was a whole different vibe.
0: Right, right.
3: And then he, so he would tell you things like that from the inside of what the people thought, which you would never hear anybody say that. You know, the Kennedys were revered, but he told how people felt on the inside.
0: Well, and he was—he was, was, he was I, like a I, lamb, Barry. He was like a lamb being led to the slaughter, surrounded by this national security state. I, I, I not to joke about it, but I think everybody—I think every—they were lined up three deep to take a shot at Jack Kennedy. I think the only one in, the, in Dallas that day that didn't have a gun was Nellie Connolly.
3: <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. This guy Gordon Ferry. This is what he said that was really crushing, and you just couldn't—you you just couldn't. It just hurt you so much. He said. November twenty second, 1963, from my perspective, Barry, and everyone around me, it was like a party. It was like a social event in Dallas. People came from all over the world, flew in to see Kennedy be assassinated. He just was one of the few people who didn't know what was going to happen.
0: A lamb to the slaughter,
3: indeed. And then, you know, I want to share one other thing you said. Because there's a lot of similarities between Trump and Kennedy, but we don't have time to get into it. But what he did say was this. He said, Barry, when Trump says he wants to drain the swamp, what do you think is at the bottom of the swamp?
0: Hmm. Yeah, those that were part of the the guys that changed the parade route in Dallas, I guess. Fascinating. Fascinating. Incredible stuff. Uh, so again, it's, um, it's gonna screen in 300 movie theaters across the country Wednesday, May 31st, and, uh, people can go to iKilledJFK.com. Uh, now, is there any plans after the, uh, the special event on the 31st for sort of a wider distribution?
3: I don't think about those things right now. I'm just concentrating on one thing this one night Wednesday, and I hope your audience comes. I can guarantee you this. And if anybody knows me, I've done a ton of stuff, and I'm so proud of this, and I've never been prouder of something. Maybe it's because of so many people telling these stories and for there finally to be some closure about this, and I'm, I'm really, really, really excited about it, and I hope that your audience will take a look. I guarantee it will change your life forever if you see this. It really will. It changed me. Every time I see it, I've been in the editing bay 200 times. Every time I see it, it's it's unbelievable.
0: So, as far as you're concerned, this is is this case closed for you, Barry Katz? This grassy knoll grassy knoll gunman's confession. It's it's that's a slam dunk. It's case closed.
3: I'll let you guys be the judge of that. Whoever watches the film, but I believe so.
0: Wow. All right. I Killed JFK, again, will screen for one night only in over 300 movie theaters across the country, Wednesday, May 31st, www.ikilledjfk.com, to check out where it's playing near you. Barry Katz, thank you so much for this. appreciate it.
3: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, my thanks to Ian Robertson, Albert Vinzel, Ryan White, all of you for listening at home. Back next week with a brand new program. Hope you'll be along for the ride. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark speak in the light. What I say in a whisper. Proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.